Hello, 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 and welcome back to Black Arcots Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are going to be discussing a new television series, the eight-part comedy drama, The Bear, which premiered July 22nd. Uh, actually, no, I think on July 22nd, it was renewed for a second season, but it originally premiered June 23rd of 2022. It is... Created by Christopher Storer, who also serves as executive producer, along with Joanna Kahlo, Josh Sr., Hero Murray, or Murray, and Nate Matheson. It is around 20 to 47 minutes long per episode. I like the variation because that says that the episode needs to go for minimum of this amount of time but if you need some extra minutes we're going to give you that i like that flexibility that the off network types of series do offer i know it's been done on netflix uh very successfully a few times our main cast includes jeremy allen white as carmen carmi berzato who is the young chef from the world of the fine dining coming home to Chicago to run his family's Italian beef sandwich shop after the suicide of his older brother who left behind debts, a rundown kitchen and an unruly staff. We learned quite a bit about him, at least being in his head and what it feels like. And I thought it was a very strong performance from the actor. He is known for shameless I watched that show until about the fifth or sixth season where things started like the minute the one girl got pregnant and she was happy about having a baby and no one seemed to be (laughs) more involved there. I kind of tuned out, but I did like his performance in that show. He's been in other shows such as Homecoming. I didn't watch that. But he recently had a interview in which he has bulked up from where I see him in this show. I was like, God damn, you been at the gym? What's those guns you rocking? So apparently we're going to see a much beefier chef in season two. Ivan Moss Bachrock. I probably said that wrong. It's probably Ibn. As Richard Ritchie... Jeremovich, the de facto manager of the restaurant and Michael's old best friend, Ayo Edebiri as Sydney Adamu, a talented but inexperienced chef who joins the beef as its new sous chef under Carmi, Lionel as Marcus, Lionel Boyce, Eliza or Liza Colin Zayas as Tina. Abby Elliott as Natalie Sugar Bazzotti, which is Carmi and Michael's younger sister and the reluctant co-owner of the beef. Recurring roles, we have Edwin Lee Gibson as Ibrahim, Maddie Matheson as Neil Fack, Jose Cervantes as Angel, Oliver Platt as Jimmy Cicero, Corey Hendricks as Gary, Richard Asteris as Manny and Chris with Oski as Pete. I don't think we have met half of those people except for 
<laughs> Angel in this episode. In fact, actually, no. Yeah, the first three we did meet because they were part of the kitchen staff. There are a few guest stars such as John Berthenol, who I recognize, Joel McHale, Amy Morton, and Molly Ringwald. All except for one name is known to me. It seems the show has done very well uh, critically. As stated, it got a second season with an additional two episodes. The critical response, the review website Rotten Tomatoes reported a certified fresh approval rating of 100% with an average rating of 8.6 out of 10 based on 67 critic reviews. The website's critics consensus reads, quote, like an expertly confected sandwich The bear assembles a perfect melange of ingredients and stacks them for optimal satisfaction and thankfully keeps the crustiness for extra flavor, end quote. Metacritic gave the series a weighted average score of 88 out of 100 based on 24 critic reviews indicating universal acclaim. The Golden Globes uh, nominated them for... Two awards, Best Television Series, Musical or Comedy, and Best Actor in a Television Series, Musical or Comedy for White. Best Comedy Series, Best Actor in a Comedy Series, and Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series for Etta Beery, with White winning again. And this was at the 30th Critics' Choice Award, Critics' Choice Television Awards. And I can see that. It's very clear Additionally, White was uh, received another nomination at the 29th Actors Guild's Award for Outstanding Performance by a Male Actor in a Comedy Series, while the series Ensemble Cast has been nominated for Outstanding Performance by an Ensemble in a Comedy Series. So good to see that the action I saw from the first episode is getting the accolades that it deserves. Now that we have given credit where credit is due, let's discuss The System, written by Christopher Storer, directed by the same man. Looks like he does episode two as well. I want to break this down by characters, I think more so because it was very fast paced. And most of it was introducing the scenario and the situation that we found ourselves in. I enjoyed that factor of it. That I didn't have to wait for things to build up and find our footing. You're pretty much put immediately in Carmi's position, which is where we're going to start, of him having a nightmare in which he's trying to approach a cage in which there is a bear before he's mauled by said bear because he wakes up from said nightmare and he's in the restaurant, which is the original beef of Chicagoland which was a very successful franchise but is in the last stages of a dying franchise but still has a very loyal base but they're in debt and we see that Carmi is very much trying to to stay in the routine that got him to be a James Beard a winning award-winning chef he gets up at six o'clock he begins prepping the meat he's making the necessary phone calls he's trying to make sure that their vendors are holding up their end of the bargain he's having to use coins from a video 
uh, game to pay for additional meat. He's dealing with this smorgasbord of (laughs) unsuccessful accounting in the office while also trying to get one of his old jackets from his brother from someone named sugar who we find out is his sister i don't know if i would ever call my sister sugar but hey i have a sister called muff so i don't think i can judge i don't think i could judge at all he is very much in a position of being someone who went off and is completely successful but has always done things or seen things in a different perspective than the way in which you have the more down to earth from the the area type of mentality. They've been doing the same thing over and over and over again for a very long time, which is the system. However, Carmi wants to change that system because he wants the restaurant to be successful And there's a reason for this that we haven't quite grasped, but I'm guessing has something to do with his abandonment of his family because they do bring up several times how much he has been absent from Chicago and contact with a very tumultuous situation going on, which I believe, what was his name? Uh, His cousin. He said it so many times. Cousin Richie throws in his face like I have divorce receipts about how I lost my marriage because I was too busy fixing the the shitstorm that was your family because you were off somewhere in Napa winning your awards and turning your back on maybe that part of the responsibility that you felt was owed there. I need to know more. So I'm going to reserve... <laughs> too much commentary because i don't think objectively that it is one person's responsibility to fix the messes that your family create that is i think one of those tethers that keep us trapped particularly when you are talented and successful and seeing things in a three-dimensional way while everyone else is still seeing things with a one-track mind however i don't know the entire story so it's way too early to start making assumptions about why he left if it's simply due to uh due to him wanting to step out on his own or is it something more to do with the the toxicity but his sister seems to be pretty fine or something even more so to do with the restaurant because they said it was their father's, right? So there there might be a lot of emotional damage. And I can't imagine this being your life and you being addicted to and attracted to this type of life. And then if you're a different kind of person, how do you... Like I really felt for him in this episode, especially in the shadow of his cousin, who's this over-the-top, larger-than-life can take care of himself is bred for these streets versus Carmi who feels a little bit softer to the touch if you know what I mean and so considering that persona and not knowing what his brother's like or what his father's like or what his mother's like and 
that feeling of growing up in the shadow or, or beneath all of that. That's it's a lot of things to to already mine there from this character, especially when we take into the account that he did not go to his own brother's funeral because Fock brought up the fact that, hey, I'm sorry, I couldn't make the funeral. I sent flowers. I hope they were beautiful when he comes to fix the or attempt to fix the machine for the game because he sent out a a message to attract a tournament to get a crowd in so that they can start boosting their sales. However, no one seems to be a fan of this idea because it messes with their system. Not only that, it may challenge them to do better and be better than they already are. And the thing is, some people are very fucking comfortable. They, they, they don't want to be anything more than they are, even if they can be, which is rather sad, <laughs> but that's their choice. And he's coming in with this, I'm calling you chef, which he says is a sign of respect. He wants the kitchen to be a little bit more organized, everyone clean. He's throwing out terms that everyone are not familiar with. So it comes off pretentious, but he's simply trying to assimilate, but he's doing it in the only manner that he really knows how to do, which is simply taking the role of head chef, except he's dealing with people that one are older than him and don't have the same amount of respect. Tina was by far the most disrespectful one. Did she really throw his knife on the floor and it got all fucking scraped up and shit because she was petty because he took her pot? Like, bitch, is your name on this pot? Is there no other pot that you can use? And then she told him, you cut vegetables like a bitch. Why are you bullying me? You fucking bitch, why are you bullying me? We'll come back to Tina. <laughs> He has to deal with his biggest obstacle, which is his cousin who has been running things for a very long time, who does not take to being told how he should run the business, despite the fact that he knows damn well, whatever he's been doing hasn't been working. And he throws it in his face in the, in the freezer, in the code room that if Michael wanted you to have the restaurant. Why didn't then he leave it to you? He owns this place. You may be the the manager here, but I own it. But having someone talk to you and talk down to you like that and their family, (laughs) that's really hard. It really is because he's yelling at them. He introduces himself to Sydney as sweetheart and he's like don't say sweetheart he's like oh you think you're wokeish and i'm like oh here we go i am so tired of caucasians <laughs> who have co-opted that fucking term i just saw it today a reporter gonna ask to wit hey, shut your bitch ass up nigga nobody asked you about a bitch ass thing you better shut the fuck up before i knock your fucking head off your shoulder little ugly ass bitch stupid ass bitch is president biden woke I need you to first read the definition. Read the definition. Y'all have turned that into a term that it, it it's not. It's not. It's Black Lives Matter all over again. Being woke is not what you're using the term in reference to. 
And it's annoying because every fucking far right motherfucker does it. <laughs> it's like it's it's code for <laughs> you're slightly racist. It's a dead giveaway. Like it, it doesn't take rocket science to understand what woke means. And yet every fucking racist person throws it around. Clearly never thinking to actually Google the term and understand or I don't know, speak to a black person or a brown person or anyone of color. Moving on from that. Uh, he's also having a deal with his sister who doesn't want him to be working at this restaurant. I don't know if she feels it's beneath him or that it's not healthy for him. But he's certainly avoiding his mother and he doesn't seem to want to stick around, even though he hugged his sister for a very long time. So he loves her. But she uh, she does not like coming down to the restaurant because Tina asks why she don't come here no more. And he's like, you gonna have to ask her that. And when she said, Bear, I love you. that's awful that's awful i'm starting to get the sense that he keeps a lot of his personal emotions bottled up keeps a lot of things inside and that's a little worrisome but i feel as if food is his outlet there's a scene in which they show him just cooking the beef and it's after he finds his knife on the floor just discarded as if it's trash something he probably was gifted to him and everyone knows that a chef is very attached to their knives doesn't take a rocket science only people who are not chefs <laughs> would not uh would not understand the personal connection there and so him going back to that place in his mind when he's just cooking it, it settles something inside of him, but there's just a lot going on, uh, which is why he has to tell her, I'm fine. She wants to sell the restaurant. He doesn't. He wants to fix this place. She tells him he doesn't have to. It's not his responsibility. And why does he want to? Does he think if he can turn this around, it will make up for all the emotional uh, distance he's put between himself and his family? Fox said Richie is forever and always an asshole because something is sad inside of him. <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines because <laughs> it, it felt true. Because right when he was saying, oh, you know, I'm not trying to be rude when I say sweetheart, which is being rude. Um, <laughs> he then very loudly says, you just hire this broad. Wow. Uh, but for one's first day, homegirl heard all of the tea. And I'm thinking this is the type of place you're going to you're gonna hear. Sydney heard all of the tea of him being talked down to. Like, oh, you think you're so much better? You know, he tries to talk to him to keep him on time management. There is no time management. He wants to talk about his personal story. He doesn't care that they need help. He doesn't care that he's trying to try something new that will bring some actual you know, notoriety to the restaurant known for their food. Because if you could make good food here, that will bring people in 
to keep the business afloat but carmy is definitely or not carmy uh richie's definitely pride before the fall <laughs> i think he he would just fall <laughs> fuck his pride he then during family meal does not partake but he realizes that the people outside that are lining up dressed in costumes for this um ball breaker i believe is the name of the game contest is getting unruly and richie refuses to help after carmy gets you know physically assaulted richie comes out with a fucking gun after that moment he takes back control like cousin sorry get back there make the fucking spaghetti this is not gonna work this is not the day for you to have decided to try something new uh and and i'm not allowing you to to make these decisions and so he goes back and starts to make the spaghetti because everyone really enjoyed that but when marcus i believe is his name who did find the book and saw that the chef that carmy because it seems that only Sydney and Carmi or Richie, geez, I'm going to get names fucked up for a little bit. Forgive me. Uh, he, he didn't realize how big of a deal that Carmi actually was. And while he certainly is like, look, I'm making this bread by, and I guess that's a good place to, cause I don't think I have much more to say about Carmi, but really, really solid acting. Marcus, the the bread baker, he's been having to do bread by hand because the mixer is broken, which they got Fock to come in and try to fix. He does take offense, of course, as everyone does at their stations when he says, look, this bread's not good enough. It's flaky. Use water at the bottom. It will make it better. He's like, don't fucking tell me what to do. But then he does follow direction. And then he comes and gives him his respect. Like, you see the difference? He's like, yeah, chef. And he's like, you're a really big deal. And once again, when it comes to <laughs> talking about himself in any personal manner, he sidesteps that very quickly and only really just says, we need more bread. We need more of that. And when he realizes that he did make a small change in those five, six hours, even if it is with one person, he decides, fuck the spaghetti. I'm doing things my way because I do know that I can make a change and make a difference here. So I liked how that tied together with Marcus being curious, then realizing, you know, I can learn something from this person. And he seems to want to learn something from this person. So I'm looking forward to there if he because it seems like with Sydney's character she is someone who actually went to culinary school whereas Marcus feels like he just got a job making bread because it's just something he learned how to do so uh that that's that has a lot of possibilities of being a great story arc we covered a lot of Richie already but let's go to Tina 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 Ooh, I know people like Tina when they're like, Tina, keep doing this. She keep changing the temperature. She just someone who's always in the shit and then always talking shit at the same time. (laughs) Because 
She gonna say no speaker, no English, no <laughs> no Anglais. <laughs> and he says, you know you fucking speak English. So she tried that shit with Sydney. Like, do we have a family shelf? And she's like, family shelf? Like she didn't understand in English. So she started speaking Spanish to her. <laughs> so Tina said, oh, mi familia. Then when Sydney made family meals, she's like, yeah, you can have mine if you want to, because I don't eat plantains with seaweed on the top. I was like, you ain't got to be rude about it. <laughs> you just don't have to be. You could try it. To me, a free meal is a free meal, right? I didn't pay for this. It may not be what I uh, originally would want to eat. I'm not saying that I don't disagree with the, the idea of like, hmm. But I'm not going to disrespect someone. At least going to try it, even if it's secretly. <laughs> like Richie did. Because he doesn't want to admit that he has something that could turn this place around. And it's based on something Richie does not have, which is talent. Which I, which I suggest is a good... Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't think so. But I can't find another one at the current moment. Let's just go over to Richie. He has a daughter. He's very loudmouth. He's very, <laughs> very temperamental. Uh, he likes to yell at people, but people seem to like him because he's someone from the area, he's someone from the hood. He's Italian. It turns out, I don't know how I feel about white people wearing gold. It's just a thing that just doesn't look attractive at all. <laughs> I don't know why it's so many try it. It feels as if you're just old school uh, mimicking from the 1970s somewhere. I, it's just odd. But he certainly is uh, worthy of being divorced because I couldn't imagine living with that. I certainly do not like the way in which he treats his cousin. However, I do believe that he has an, uh, an opportunity <laughs> to learn like everyone else does because despite him refusing to try Carmi's sandwich when no one is around, he does. And he's like, fuck, that is good. <laughs> and he does go to his brother's rescue or cousin's rescue despite the fact that he told him he was on his own and he said are you okay there is a love there but he simply they don't see eye to eye when it comes to what is best for the business but i think more so than anything else he doesn't want to be um replaced by carmen but that's too late i mean other than emotionally keeping everyone on your side he does own the business he can make the business decisions we need to get over this fucking system and make a new one i will say when he was like where's the fucking chili flakes this all this labeling shit is bullshit and then marcus came up with like it's the one that says chili flakes like bitch do you not know how to read <laughs> sometimes when a system is broken it needs to just be removed and clearly he has not gotten that lesson quite yet. But I think by the end of the episode, it's too late. 
I think that he knows he has to, if he's going to take control here, he's going to have to go toe to toe with Richie. And when? Because the first time he didn't, like this whole episode, he was not winning. <laughs> he may have been moving things along, but he, he had everyone kicking and screaming. The only person that gave him any bit of respect and understanding and even silent empathy was Sydney who I enjoy quite a bit. She comes in as a stodgy. She went to culinary school and he asked after looking at her resume, he's like UPS, she's like US Parcels, United States Parcel Service, that she worked there for pay, while paying for her way through culinary school and that while she can be out anywhere else, her father really loved this place when she was a child so she has a personal connection here she also wonders why he is here because of who she knows him to be and he says making sandwiches once again he, he uh demurs from anything personal she had overheard and can see the sheer amount of weight <laughs> coming down on his shoulders particularly being disrespected for someone of such high acclaim. They are the only two that speak the same language, <laughs> understanding terms that you would hear in a kitchen, such as behind. One dude was like, behind? <laughs> oh, who was the guy? Is that the dishwasher? Who was the guy that came in? I don't think he's part. I think he's, that's Angel. And he's like, hey, can you get that compost set up after I do my thing in the place? English, motherfucker, do you speak it? She tries to explain her dish. Most think it's pork. She's like, no, it's beef. <laughs> but chef doesn't try her food, even though he did try something a little earlier. And he said, that's fire, chef. I think that he simply trusts that she will do what she needs to do. I think that they will make a good team simply because he needs someone there that understands his language his lingo marcus or i'm not sure if it was i think it was no it was the other guy i don't remember his name the one that eventually told her where she can find the <laughs> find the uh the stuff he gives her a part of the sandwich and she's like yeah that's fire they said it like four times <laughs> this episode but that's exactly what we say like oh that's fire that's fine that's that's fire um probably one of my favorite scenes of the episode and i didn't even know she was in the scene so it might have been cut in a way that we didn't know that she was there <laughs> sydney sorry about the gun babe i had to get real If my business involves gun violence, that's too much. That's too much. <laughs> and you shot a gun and nobody showed up? No police? Yeah, you living in a ghetto. <laughs> and everyone else conformed to, it's like, anyone else want to get the fuck out of line? Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, the second favorite line is when Marcus and... 
I'm not sure who. <laughs> no, I think it was Marcus and and uh, Angel once again. I, I, I will get the names eventually. But it could have been Gary. One of them where he's like, you're my favorite bitch. <laughs> oh, you've been learning the curse? Did you kidnap a sailor? No, your mama teach me during sex. These nuts. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I thought the banter between everyone was really fun. I thought that the the cast work really well together. I love all the color in the room, of course. <laughs> I think that putting it in Chicago was a smart move because that is a culinary town. We know that. I got to get up in there because there's a few restaurants I want to go and, and eat at in Chicago. So perfect setting. The close-up angles are really nice. The camera work is really nice. I gave this episode a 10 out of 10. I thought it was a really well, pi well constructed pilot. And I thought that the, the pace, the tone, the acting, everything was on point. You knew exactly where everyone was at the moment in which you met them. And I look forward to continuing this journey forward and know that I have a second season to to really fill out these characters that already feel very familiar to me. If you want to send feedback for our next episode, blackercouch at gmail.com. You can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until next time, peace, hair grease, blacker magic. Hustling, 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 hustling